everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the zone, simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps, got that. South cap, got that. Team ads, got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast a one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, ponies you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber shooting guard from the Minnesota Timberwolves making his all-star game debut Ant-Man Anthony Edwards Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, as you saw by the intro. Uh, before we get going, make sure to like, share, and subscribe and help us out because it really does. And we're always joined by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? Well, not always. I did miss one now. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I'm doing well. You know, had a little uh, had a little trip away from Minnesota, which was nice. And uh, now I'm back for a playoff push. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's just uh, get into it right away. Uh, your your uh, takeaways from All-Star Weekend. I mean, we could talk uh, We could talk the dunk contest, we could talk three-point contest, or even the game itself. Just your takeaways from it. Um, it was fun. You know, I mean, it, I, I truthfully care very, very little about All-Star Weekend. I um, almost never watch it. Um, I'll catch some highlights, but it's not the type of basketball I like to consume. So I don't really mm. ever consume it. Um, I liked my boy Tyrese Talliburton going off. That was wonderful. Um, I think I've talked about on here, a good friend of mine, um, his dad coached him all through high school. And my good friend was a big basketball player too. And he, um, you know, worked with him when he was little and all that sort of stuff. So um Definitely some close connections with Tyrese Halliburton amongst my friend group. Um, so it's fun to see that. Um, McClung getting uh, some good dunks in. That was fun. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, everything was good. I would like to see, you know, everyone was really down on the All-Star game um, just because it was a sham. But surprise, you know, it's always a sham. But I think the um, competitiveness would have been different if LeBron James was playing. Um, cause he mm-hmm. wants to win those. Like he was undefeated since the new format. And I guarantee he would have tried to stay undefeated and that would have added a different vibe. Um, like he is a leader of leaders. So, um, it would have been different, but who cares? It's an all-star game. Like it right. doesn't mean anything. It's just fun. Um, I thought it was great. I loved listening to ants interviews. Everything was good. Yeah, yeah, and what I was surprised—I mean, the the first good thing is nobody got hurt, so yes. that's that, well, that's the not ultimate. true. LeBron hurt his finger. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But who cares? They're the thirteenth seed anyway. So, right. uh, right. yeah. Uh, but what I was impressed by now, a lot of people are like, oh, the All Star Game's stupid. Like, would you rather we do nothing? 
<laughs> is the question. Like, yeah. would you rather we just have like an all pro team and just not celebrate? I mean, it's I, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the dunk contest, Mac McClung, a lot of people are saying he brought it back. Like, uh, I mean, that was impressive. The, particularly the one that he jumped over two people and uh, hit the backboard. I've never seen that before. When I say, let's keep doing the dunk contest as long as there's dunks I haven't seen before, why not? As long as no one gets hurt, why not? Uh, Three-point contest, uh, man, uh, Kevin Herter, rough. (laughs) Rough go of it in his first uh, showing at an All-Star game. Second Uh, worst all-time. Yeah, he was was really bad, but congratulations – uh, to Dame time. He beat two Pacers in the finals. That was interesting. Yes. Yes. Uh, both Halliburton and uh, Buddy Heald, who seems like he's been hitting threes forever. Uh, and then the skills competition. Uh, the, there's one thing I do want to say about the skills competition. Um, do I feel like the mystique of the Antikempos have worn off a little bit. I don't know. Like only whoa, the there's three the brothers. NBA. Yeah, they're not even all in the NBA. Like... And, and two of them, they shouldn't be. Right. I, I mean, two of them are, but one barely plays, and one of them's on the herd. I'm sure Oshkosh, Wisconsin loved it. But, I mean, like, like, come on. Like, it, particularly, it looks really bad when Drew Holiday's in with the onto the Kempos. Like, it's just, I don't know. Let's just have, like, one, I, I get the hometown team. That's fine. I had no problem with that. Yeah. Um and then the rookies, fine. But let's find a better third option. Like maybe like an all-star team, some of the all-stars. I don't know. But that was, that was... how about how about a retired player option? Oh, sure. Like have uh like legends know, or something, or yeah, or in shape, maybe. I mean, maybe guys that retired just a few years back, you know, like um sure. yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Whoever still has some legs under them and is willing to do it. Or me well, yeah. Let's promote the NBA three ball, three league, uh, you know, one with uh, with Ice Cube. Why don't you, you know, cross-platform all basketball just to bring all, you know, rising tides, raise all ships kind of thing and have, you know, those guys. The Katino Mobley, uh, sure. um, Harold Green, and Bill Michael Johnson. or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that that would be fun or something. Like it doesn't need to be NBA players. Uh, one last thing I'll say on the NBA All Star Game. People say like, "Oh, I hated it and everything." I'm I'm impressed by like just how good of shooters these guys are. Like, Unbelievable. It, it is un like you could say it's wide open, but you go hit an NBA three 10 out of eighteen wide open in a game scenario. Like no but one's they no one can I mean. That. Some of those when um when uh Brown and Tatum were going back and forth, they were guarding each other. And I mean yeah, they were fairly tight. Like they were shooting like fadeaway, heavily contested, like 37 footers mm-hmm. and crushing them. Like it was not yeah, it was those guys were hot, like a legit hot at any time of the season, hot. Um, it was fun to watch. And, and to those who say like, "Oh, the three pointers ruin the game," this is that's not what every game looks like. Like I, whoever says that that, "Oh, look at the All Star game! All they're doing is shooting threes. Like, yeah, it's an All Star game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they're not trying to drive to the rim where anything can happen. Guys can step on ankles wrong. You can jump, yeah. land wrong. A defender can fall into a guy. Like the last thing you want is a lot of full body collisions you know, in an all-star game. Like, 
people just like to bitch about everything. Right. No, I, I agree. So, yeah, I would say pretty good all-star week uh all in all it was fun good news is good news is it gave the wolves a little break and that's what will transition to uh so you wanted to talk about Conley a little bit because the Conley trade happened while you were on vacation so the day i left yeah yeah, um, yeah the day I I to, you left yeah we were gonna we were gonna do I need to schedule i need to schedule my vacations better like trade deadline day is the it's like a national holiday for me. So um, that was just really poor planning months and months. Yeah, and you months can talk about that too. Just the whole trade deadline, the crazy, crazy week in general that was, or I guess day, day and a half uh, I loved it. of the trade deadline. But uh, let, let's talk about Connolly. What do you, what have you thought of him so far? And what are your overall thoughts on the trade? Well, I'm going to start out with your guys' pod last week. Um, I thought you guys crushed it. Uh, and you guys kind of had different opinions. Um, at mm-hmm. times, and I think both of you nailed it. So, like Gabe, you said early on, um, the main difference is D'Lo has really high highs and really low lows, yeah. and Mike Conley is going to be that steady performer. And um, on my on my flight, I listened to uh, Austin Rivers and Anthony Edwards' podcast they had together on, I think it's called Two Guard or something like that. It's on. Um, I think it's on like the Bleacher Report platform or something like that. Anyways, okay. um, it was awesome because they're talking real hoops and talk. I mean, both of those guys are being pretty open about everything. And um, and one thing they mentioned that Rivers mentioned about Conley is when the ball swings to him, if he doesn't have a shot, he gets off it, like moves the ball to the next guy. Um, if he has a shot, he's going to shoot it. Like Mike Conley is one of the best shooters in the NBA over the last couple of seasons from the corner three-point spot. Like the one of the best, not the best, like 99 percentile excellent at that. He's also better than D'Lo at spot-up three-point shooting. So if you're using him in the offense as a facilitator and as a swing guy, and when the ball swings to him, he's a better three-point shooter than what we traded, that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, and his consistency, his make the right play, make the right pass. All that's going to do is help guys like McDaniels eat. It's going to help guys like Gobert with the obvious connection with him. Um, it's just going to be better. I, I think it's going to be better for the team. Um, and, and Blake nailed it with, he said, who's the point guard going forward? Like if we sign D'Lo, we then at least have a starting level maybe even playoff level point guard for the next four or five years. Mm -hmm. That's a huge question. You know, like, are we going to get off uh, Conley's contract? I know we can, his contract is kind of unique where it's like 25 million or something like that next year. But if you cut him like as of like four days after the uh, draft, you only have to pay 10 million. So Mm -hmm. in that, if we traded, let's say we traded to another team to another team at the draft, so they trade us a $25 million guy. They cut him and basically save $15 million. So, I mean, it's it's like a expiring contract sort of thing, a $15 million expiring contract or something. So that's pretty cool uh, if we want to do that, if we can target somebody we want. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a question. What are we going forward? But, right. you know. Right. 
And I and I think a lot of that is going to be answered in the next, what do we got, like 20-some games left? I think a lot of that's going to be answered in how we played. Now, so far with Conley, I would say, one, like I said to you uh, off-air, uh, one, one good game, two below-average games. I mean, like, particularly in our last game against the Wizards, he didn't score a single point. I mean, that can't yeah. happen. I mean, he needs to at least. There were some interviews with him where basically said he's just amazingly fatigued. Like from the whole moving from one team to another, getting right into games, like zero days of practice. And then the days that you did have off, which there was one or two, like you're taking media pictures, you're doing like promo videos for the team. You're trying to find, you know, a school for your kids. You're trying to find an apartment. And then you've got practice. And I -hmm. guess, I mean, he's like, I haven't been sleeping. Like, it's like, just give me some time. But I've Connolly on my fantasy team and I had mostly all all year. So I've been kind of following him. And he has a lot of like nine, 10 point games with like six or six and like two, three pointers. Like, that's kind of what he gives you. He gives you an almost zero turnover. So, like, He's not going to be, you know, blowing the, the, the record books open with his with his uh, stacking performances, stat stacking performances. But he's a professional, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that brings more to this organization than than a lot of people understand, um, especially with Carl Anthony Towns coming back. Like there's always this D-Lo and Towns like tandem. But like I've said on here many times. I kind of think there's no way the Timberwolves could win with D'Lo and or with D'Lo and Towns together because of their play styles being so kind of lazy and so kind of like effortless sort of style where they, like I've said, they try to almost they almost think it's worth it's more valuable to make it look like you're not trying hard, um, lazy passes, lazy turnovers, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's stuff that you're not going to see on a Connolly team. And I think Carl Anthony Towns coming back with a roster now of Gobert and Edwards, who's serious about the game, and Connolly now, I would be surprised if he's still the, the complaining kind of guy. And I think he might end up taking a step in professionalism and um, move away from being like a highlight organization and one that's, you know, doing it right on the court every day made the right play to uh to be a playoff winner not just a playoff participant mm-hmm. and uh have you heard what's the latest report on uh cat coming back it's like mid or to early march right isn't that the i've heard a little bit of everything um i wouldn't be surprised if it's early march you know i'm thinking two weeks it sounds like he's probably going to be ramping up pretty soon like i know he's been at practice a little bit um yeah so I don't think there's been a number set out. They've been pretty specific on trying to not put a number out there because all that does is, you know, add judgment if he doesn't reach it, you know. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I think it's just kind of kind of moving away from giving anybody information. But soon. Yeah. And, I mean, the Wolves are going to need him because we got the Hornets on Friday. Friday, which should be a win, but I mean, fingers crossed on that one. Who you never know. And then we got the Warriors, huge game on the road. I mean, that that's someone we're fighting directly for uh, playoff spots and playing spots with the Clippers, which that's going to be tough. But who knows? 
the Lakers on the road. By the way, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers all on the road. So a West Coast trip coming up here. Oh, and then we got the nice. King. And then we got the Kings, and then we got the 76ers. So, I mean, it's it's going to be tough, but I I think, I mean, I mean they've been hanging in there all year. So the and tough we've seen teams are what we play better against. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Except the games we get blown out, like uh, I guess kind of that Memphis game. But that was I, I'll attribute that to Conley coming back, uh, yeah. first game with him. But yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting road. How do you think this uh, the, the this break during the All Star uh, break will help? Kind of, I guess, some of the role players like Jaden or, uh, or uh, maybe an older guy like Slow Mo or something like that. Well, how, how do you think it's going to help out them? What I think it's really going to help is just kind of get the, the rhythm of what the offense might look like with Mike Conley now. Um, Finch likes to have this free flow, no set play kind of offense, which I think is going to be better for Conley because again, he gets on and off the ball. If, uh, you know, if he doesn't have a way to attack and I think that's going to open up a lot more shots for McDaniels, which I think we need to see in the last 20 games or so. Um, we're going to be cutting a $25 million check for him. Um, he is, you know, one of the best if not the best defenders or even perimeter defender might even be defenders in the NBA, but um, he needs to, he needs to show more urgency on the offensive end and he needs to, mm-hmm. um, to, to have more shots and he has to be more effective and he has to find his, his value on that end. And I, removing D'Lo um, is going to help that, you know, is going to, is going to promote more of that from him. And I want to see that. Um, I think just getting some reps in with uh, Gobert is going to be great with Conley because, I mean, they have played together, but it's better a bit. So I think that's going to be great. Um, just all in all, uh, just getting reps in with the team is going to be great. Slow-mo's back has been kind of an issue. Um, Edwards has got a lot of nagging. So all of just getting healthy is going to be good. Um, I just wait to see us come out after the break and i hope we do it hot yeah absolutely yeah and like you said for particularly for conley it's been such a whirlwind for him it's almost yeah. perfect timing to have uh what is it a, a full almost yeah more than a full week off uh we with the team and yeah i i'm excited to see them uh come out uh as well but what what else were your impressions from the uh from the uh, trade deadline that that you, we haven't got to talk about yet, like uh, obviously the big one, Durant uh, going to the Suns, but there were a lot of other smaller moves as well. What are some moves that stood out to you? So Durant and the Suns was was amazing. Um, to add to add him, they were basically in a spot supposedly where they're like, are we going to move Chris Paul? And and build around a younger roster moving forward. Are we going to one last push with the Hall of Fame, Chris Paul? And I think, I mean, it's very possible that Chris Paul will, will break this single game assist record in these next twenty games. I mean, having Booker and and Kevin Durant. I mean, if both are healthy, of course. Uh, beside him is frightening. Like those guys are monsters. Um, catch and shoot, you know, get when they when they get shots in good spots, and that's all that Chris Paul does. So they're going to be scary. Um, the Lakers, I think, 
I mean, don't I don't ever underestimate LeBron. I'm a big LeBron guy. I think he, if that team gets to the playoffs, which I'm sure they, well, I, I think they will. Um, I don't, don't want to see him. I mean, no. if they've got a healthy Anthony Davis, uh, motivated LeBron James, and now you've got really, really, really high-level role players all around them, um, that can be a frightening team. You know, like I think they're going to be very good. Um, I think the Nets are really interesting. What was crazy about the Nets is a month ago, you would say, well, they're trying to get you know off you know, Ben Simmons and get anything they can to make a run with this Kyrie and Durant thing. Well, then they move both Kyrie and Durant, and it's almost like they have the perfect team to build around Ben Simmons now. I mean, you've got Ben Simmons, you've got Mikael Bridges, you know, Simmons Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Mikael Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You've got uh, Johnson, what's his first name? Um, Cam, Cam Johnson, really good defender, really, really good shooter. Um, just like Bridges. Then you've got um, Royce O'Neal, very, very good shooter, very good defender. And then you've got Claxton, one of the best defenders, rebounders in the league. Like all those guys can get out and run. Like those are guys, that's like a perfect Ben Simmons lineup. Get out and run, hit the fast break, um, and then just lock up on defense and have shooters around him. I mean, it's going to be, if in a perfect world, Ben Simmons gets back to his old self, I think that could be fun. Um, what else? Who else got big trades? Um, I mean, I just love the deadline. It's like it's like a soap opera every year. There's so much intrigue with the NBA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was interesting. Uh, the particularly the Wolves trade. Uh, yeah, they got D'Lo and Beasley. So the only player left in uh, Utah from the Rudy Gobert trade. Now I know they got a million picks. The only one left is Walker Kessler. Even Bomero's yep. gone. So, yep. Yep. I mean, we didn't give up too much. <laughs> no. I mean, and, and they yes. didn't get much for those guys. I mean, they got they got a protected first round pick, but some Later. of that was yeah. some of that was to dump, uh, you know, a forty seven million dollar contract. Like there was mm -hmm. talk where they had to add two two first round picks just to dump that contract. So now they only added one dumped the contract and added um, Beasley and Vanderbilt, that's huge move. Like that basically is telling me Beasley and Vanderbilt carried almost zero draft compensation or, or value. Right. So back when they were saying both those players should be first round picks themselves in value, um, turns out no. that was, that was not true. Now, what, what's your response? That There have been uh, reports, and I know we did a video on it, the whole Bones Island thing. The reports that uh, Denver basically didn't want to work with us because of past relationship with Tim Conley. Apparently, we offered more than the Clippers. Well, the Clippers did not offer much. Two second-round picks for a guy, almost a 2.0 Jalen Noel, but much yeah. better. Uh your response, your your response to that. Do you think that could be an issue going forward? Do you think that's an isolated thing? I think it's I think it's probably isolated just with Denver. Um, I, th I think part of it was they know Bone has talent. Um, everybody knows that, and Denver Denver's coach is kind of who's pushing them out. You know, which isn't all that surprising. He's done that with a handful of players, and there's nothing that would be worse 
than if you're a GM that drafted a guy that ended up leaving your organization because he kind of butted heads with your coach, ends up getting the guy that he wanted to keep, and he becomes a stud. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe the GM was right and we were wrong. So you don't want that. Um, it was kind of a way to save face, but I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, we can talk buyout market to uh, some of the players that ended up in that. Of course, I know a lot of Wolves fans, and you know my thoughts on this, wanted Patrick Beverly back. He's going to go to the Chicago Bulls. Bulls and probably sit on the bench. So congratulations on that. Uh, but the other one, Russell Westbrook going to uh, the L.A. Clippers. Um, or no, right? The L.A. Clippers, didn't he? Go. Westbrook, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think that's going to work? Do you think that's going to work or just going to be a repeat of the Lakers situation? I think it's going to be very, very similar to the Lakers situation, and, and I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean, he was damn near sixth man of the year. You add that to a Clippers team, that's pretty good. But, I mean, again, there's only one ball. And Paul, George, Kawhi, and Westbrook, I don't see them coexisting on the court at the same time very effectively. But with as much time as they take off and rest and stuff, I think that's a great move for players. Like, there'll be games when Kai, when, when, um, when Claw, when Leonard doesn't play, and then mm-hmm. having Paul George and Westbrook in the starting lineup would be great. And, and same thing when Paul George doesn't play. Like, I think I think it's valuable to do that. And when they all play, I think it's valuable to bring, you know, that sort of heat off your bench. So, I think it'd be good for them. Um, I don't know if they have enough to to win it all, but I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Now, I'm usually not. Uh, a big Russell Westbrook guy. I mean, just seeing him play, he seems like, yes, he can score. Yes, he can, I, I guess, assist a little bit. But I just feel like bad things happen when he's on the court. Um, but and, and he makes some stupid mistakes, in my opinion. But that that's just my uh But is opinion. he better than Reggie Jackson? Yeah, probably. Well, then he wins. That's the yeah, thing. That's like, we're not saying he's $47 million Russell Westbrook or whatever. We're not saying he's MVP. Russell Westbrook we're saying did the team get better adding him and if the answer is right. yes then it's great you know um, right. I don't think I think I think some of the problem with Westbrook and some of the aging players is is expectations are still of that when they were 26 and they're like 35 you know like mm-hmm. they're not that guy anymore as long as you get a, a value increase it's a win right and uh how do you let's go back to the Wolves a little bit and we'll talk about this a little bit. Basically, like I was going through the schedule, the Wolves don't play except for the Hornets game. After the Hornets game, the Wolves don't play a game against um a below 500 team. Now, there's some some teams like the Nets like you were saying they just lost Durant and Kyrie. Uh the Hawks are are floating around 500, but they don't play um, a below 500 teams until the Bulls on March 17th, and who knows? Patrick Beverly might lead them to the sixth seed. So, who knows? oh yeah, they'll be they'll be they'll be for sure home court by then. Um, <laughs> how how do you think they're going to survive that? Particularly in, in well incorporating Cat, we believe sometime in there. Well, my hope is just that we um, are the best version of ourselves come playoff time. 
And I think the best way that the Timberwolves can be the best version of themselves with Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup come playoff time is probably to take some losses versus really good teams. Um, so as long as we are in the play-in, I don't really care uh, what our record is. I don't, I mean, sure, it'd be better to be not in the play-in, but, but you're going to have to beat really good teams in the playoffs to mm-hmm. win a title, you know? And right. my goal is we're, we're not winning a title this year. So any, progr- any progress that we can make team-wise now is just better for next year. So I'm all for it. Bring in the big dogs. Let us, you know, steel sharp and steel kind of vibe and uh, right. get us get us all tuned up come uh, playoff time. I'd rather have that than us go on a streak of like 10 straight games versus the Rockets and we go 10-0 and 0 and walk in the playoffs thinking we're King Dingling and uh, run into a real team and get crushed, you know? Right. And that's – I feel like there were some times that that – although we didn't get crushed in the playoffs, obviously, I feel like we right. should have – we we did we ran into some times um, last year where to their credit they got the win but we we had some we had a bad stretch like remember that Portland team that we played that like was basically just yep. a bunch of cheerleaders leaguers and we played yep. them twice and killed them twice like we had those kind of teams we had some yep. wins that weren't uh, that yep. ideal so yeah I I feel like uh, if we can get some wins against good teams it's going to be tough but it's also going to be fun um, as as well going forward but first things first we got to beat the hornets so and that's that's not an easy task uh particularly i believe the hornets are fully healthy right now um their last last game last couple games they lost to the nuggets then beat the hawks uh and then beat the uh, spurs as well so not great teams but um they got uh hayward back um they're and, an uh, mat man and i mean yeah. the mellow balls uh a certified stud like he's as much as kind of like the D'Lo hate after the trade I thought that was ridiculous like let's not pretend we hate D'Lo because we traded him like D'Lo good player he's fine he just wasn't right for us and what we're doing moving forward Mm -hmm. the mellow ball because we drafted Anthony Edwards over him and it was like a who versus like this guy versus that guy in the draft it doesn't mean you have to hate the mellow ball like this isn't kindergarten like you can say LaMelo Ball's a stud, but we right. still drafted the best guy. You know, like that's that's okay. Right. So I'm excited to watch him. I love watching LaMelo play and uh, it's a fun form of basketball, but, but we should dominate them with professionalism. You know, like yeah. that only goes so far. We're a much better, much more professional team that is here right. to win now. And they're more like the Timberwolves of maybe last year, the year before where right. they're having fun and catching some wins. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, a- absolutely. Um, and I'm sure they're going to love playing spoiler, although I do feel as an organization that the Hornets are kind of in limbo right now. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the whole uh, Gordon Hayward contract, if they're going to be able to get off him, what they're going to do building around LaMelo, if LaMelo's even a long-term piece there, but we will we will have to see. Um, so, oh, and one, one other thing I wanted to mention, going back to the whole D'Angelo Russell thing, I don't know if you saw the comments where he, he would, um, basically lambast Gobert in public, all all of those comments that came out. What's your response to that? It's too bad. You know, it's too bad that, so sometimes you have to, I have to remember, like I'm a grown adult. 
you know, like have a child, you know, you know, right. 401k kind of vibe, you know what I mean? And these guys, you know, I look at them, I look up to them as these superior athletes. And the older you get, it seems to be like you just assume that there are similar mindsets as you. And these guys are 25, right. you know, 26 years old. And they've never had to, no one's ever said no to them. You know, like they've never had, you know, much other than maybe childhood struggle in their life. Like um, they're children mentally, most of them. And um, they'll act as such, you know, and Delo acts as such. Like that's a stupid thing to do. Like that's how you, unless you're purposely trying to get traded, which you very well may be trying to do or was trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, Gobert comes off as a guy who's not trying to be an a-hole to anybody. He's just trying to do his job. So for someone to undermine that, which is undermining the team, is terrible. And watching some of the passes that he threw to Gobert, um, it seems like he was purposely trying to tank some stuff. And not tank the game, but like, I don't know how many times I said, why are we throwing pocket passes to a rolling seven-footer in traffic at his knees? Like, right. that's just really stupid it's basic basketball you don't throw it to a big down like bounce pass down low and well you just don't do it um mm -hmm. especially after it's been proven not to be effective like what are we doing here um right. so it's not surprising i mean it showed on the court uh and um another great reason to move on for him and another great reason to not resign him like if you're going to be that type of asset in the locker room we can't win with you you know, right. and we won't. And I hope that Carl Anthony Towns saw that because I think Carl Anthony Towns has a little bit of that himself. Like I, I recently watched his stream or his Twitch stream or something like that, where he was talking about Anthony Edwards, 44 point game. And I have a hard time watching a lot of Carl Anthony Towns talk. So I only went, probably made it like five to eight minutes. Sure. And there was a lot of like subliminal hate there and kind of, to, at least that's how I saw it. And kind of, um, I'm like, it, it just didn't have a good vibe to me. It didn't have a supportive team member. We're all together trying to win vibe. Um, and I hope that that move moving D'Lo for, and obviously probably if you stacked talent stats versus talent stats, definitely a lesser talented player, but maybe a better fit. At this point of his career, at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but probably 100%, in my opinion, maybe a better player to have on this roster um maybe carl anthony Towns has to look at that closely and understand maybe maybe he's not so secure as he thought he would be right yeah i i agree i i agree with that um and yeah yeah that, that was super disturbing i mean it, it just uh in it just like puts even more of a target on your back and, and like we said maybe they were holding this back maybe this i'm sure this was going on for a long time it just they didn't report on it because they didn't want to kill the team chemistry. But maybe it was chronic, and maybe it was just like, "Hey, we we gotta we we gotta uh, we we gotta take care of this." We got a question uh, from the chat here. Other than Cat coming back, this is from Cinedex. What's the biggest improvement the team has to make? In my opinion, it has to be transition defense and finding a consistent flow and identity on offense. And I'll, I'll let you answer that one. What what do you think? I mean, I think he nailed it. I mean, I don't know if that's the biggest. I think just classic rebounding is still it. I think just just 
closing out defensive possessions is huge. Um, but yeah, our transition defense has been horrendous. Um, mm-hmm. The flow, I mean, the consistent flow, I wish we could find that, but I mean, adding Carl Anthony Towns back is going to definitely hinder that. Adding a new point guard is going to hinder that. Um, if we can find that by the end, like I was saying earlier, I just want to be the best Timberwolves by the game one of the play-in or playoffs. Um, right. I, I think I think he nailed it with both those things. Um, and then crunch time, closing out games. That's been a huge issue for us. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is we didn't know who the closer was. Was it D'Lo? Because he's, you know, ice in the veins guy. Is it Anthony Edwards? Because he's by far our superstar. Was it Carl Anthony Towns? Because he was an all-NBA player. Um, I think it's getting to the point now where we know who it is and we've moved the pieces around where there's going to be no argue about that. So um, that hopefully the crunch time thing will be will be cleaned up with less mouths to feed in crunch time. But but I don't know. But that's, I mean, that's that's a huge thing. We need to do that. But um, I would say also 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 just finding consistency for our role players like. Once Cat comes back, everybody's going to move down a little bit in the pecking order, and I want all those guys' roles to be locked in come playoff times. Like, mm-hmm. like who comes in when? Who's paired with what? Who's our best two-man option with, with um, McDaniel's? Who's our best two-man option with Prince? Like, who should Prince be out there with? How about McLaughlin? Who's the guys he plays best with? Let's make sure those guys are there. Like, I want all those rotations to be locked in. Right. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and then another question from the chat from someone we know well or good and well. Uh, who are some teams we could catch in the standings? What's our floor as well? Well, I'll go on this one. I think, uh, well, we're the eighth seed right now. Um, who knows with – I think there is particularly in the play-in spots, I think there's some significant injuries, uh, particularly Zion. Uh, we don't know when or if he's going to come back. Uh, it just came out that he's going to be out for at least a couple more weeks. So who knows how far they they fall? Uh, we've seen it without McCollum and uh, Brandon Ingram. Them take a free fall, which is why they're even in this position. Uh, the Warriors, we have no idea when, or maybe some idea, but not much of an idea of when Steph's going to come back. So I I think we could uh, overtake them as well. The Thunder, I don't know. I Shea is keeping them in it. But I, I don't know how long they're going to be in this um, in this whole predicament. And who knows with the Jazz as well. Trailblazers do kind of scare me a little bit just because you always got Dame and they're starting to play a lot better. As for teams ahead of us, uh, we could catch the Mavericks if – and the only I feel like the only way that that's going to happen is if the whole Kyrie – and Luca thing doesn't work out, and there's there's a rift there. I don't think we're catching the Suns just because I, I think the Durant factor, unless he's hurt a lot, I, I don't see it. And then the Clippers, I, I think, are starting to pull away a little bit. So I I, I would say the the highest we could get is probably the six seed. But my my opinion is we're probably going to be in the play in tournament. And then our floor is just I mean, particularly with the hard schedule, we lose five or six games in a row, and then we're basically out of it. So, I mean, that that's basically our floor. And who knows, at that point, let's say we're not even in the play, out, play in position because it's so close. Who knows if we even bring back Cat and maybe we just shut it down at that point. But I think that's our floor. I don't 
say that's what's going to happen. But what do you think, Chris? I mean, I think that's it. I think I think six is as high as we can get. Like you said, jumping the Mavericks, I think, is very possible. They're half a game ahead of us. There's going to be some learning curve there. Um, I think they definitely gave up some defense that that will hurt them. Um, those kind of uh, no name guys uh, really do really do make a difference on a roster. Um, I'm not scared of the Pelicans. I think we can jump them. Like you said, the Warriors. I'm fine with them. I think our bottom is probably the nine. Um, I don't see OKC really jumping us. Um, the Jazz are dead. Um, and uh, I mean, the Lakers, God, the Lakers are three games behind us. I don't think they're going to have a hard time catching us, but I think they'll be in, I think they'll be the 10 seed. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard, but I think six. Six is our high, nine is our low. Okay, awesome. Well, I, I think we'll end it there. Uh, thanks so much, Chris, for joining us. I forgot to mention this is a matinee episode of the uh, – the uh, as if you live in Minnesota, you know that it's uh, – or at least supposed to be snowing out there. So that's why yes. I'm here because uh, I work at a school and didn't have to go Not in today. Yet, uh, we'll see. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Uh, but, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm just excited to see my next Timberwolves game. Yeah, absolutely. Friday night uh, against Charlotte should be fun. Uh, and uh, this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube so you never miss an episode. And uh, follow us and give us a five-star rating on Spotify as well. And as always, go Wolves. <laughs>